Hey guys, welcome back to Whatsoever is True. This is your host, I am your host, Jason Coral, and I am just delighted to be here, and we're talking about a serious subject. We're talking about the evil that is Marxism, and I'm going to tell you right away, I think that the believers in Marxism are in league with a, a just a flat-out demonic philosophy, ideology, false religion. It is a veritable false religion, false gospel. I'm going to explain it as I go, and and I'm going to tell you that, that I'm going to be using as my scripture proof here, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, is that we've got to use the divine power of scripture, all right? For the weapons of our warfare aren't the weapons that the world uses. We're not using bullets and bombs and all that jazz. We're not trying to gain political power. What we're doing is that we have the divine power of the Word of God and truth, and we're tearing down strongholds. Those are the strongholds, the ideas. Now, the mark of the beast out there is not a literal, someone's not going to stick a 666 in your forehead and, and, and stamp it on your hand or your wrist. What's going to happen is, is that a symbolic reference in language. And I know all Christians can get into arguments about end times and eschatology, you know, that's not the time and place, but, but please hear me out, even if you, if you have a different end times you know, understanding than I do here. What's relevant is the false gospel of Marxism. And it's a 666, meaning 777 is the completeness and holiness of God and of his plan and of his word. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple, right? Psalm 19. And... What's happening is that the, the devil comes along with false ideologies, and it's idolatry. Now, you cannot read the Old Testament without coming away with the very simple thing. If you, read, if you sit down and read the entire, entirety of the Old Testament, you're going to walk away going, wow, idolatry is a big problem. And it's still a big problem. The thing is, it's very subtle. And Marxism is the main thing happening today, and it is behind the Black Lives Matter movement. It is behind the, the higher education system. It is shot through with Marxism. Now, there's a couple of other philosophical variants out there that, that we'll address, but this is the main one today because we have a lot of protests going on in America, and, and there's been a rise of this new neo-Marxist movement. Now, the Black Lives Matter movement, the founders openly state that they're Marxists and that they're trained Marxists. So I want you to understand that so you can tear down these strongholds and not be taken captive by the false gospel that is Marxism. Now, how am I saying, what, am I, what do I mean when, we, when I say that it's a false gospel? All right, one thing to consider is that the Christian philosophy has basically this to say about all of life. Number one, that there was creation and it was good. God created everything ex nihilo. He created everything out of nothing. Now, that is mysterious, but it is not contradictory. I want you to understand that, too. That's very important for you to understand soul defense, you know, how to defend your own mind and your own, uh, the, the surety of, of your salvation, because the world is always coming after it, uh, its ideas and, and, and philosophies. So, to say that God created everything out of nothing, and people will come and say, a critic will go, well, wait a minute, where did God come from? We don't know. God has always been. He has the power of life and being in and of himself. That's what we would talk about God's ontological nature is that he has a power of being and life in himself. That is not contradictory. It is mysterious. We can't wrap our brains around it, but it's not contradictory for God to have that power. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Marxism counters 
Marxism counters with matter is basically self-generating. Life and the world self-creating. That is flat out, and R.C. Sproul has a great section on this in his apologetics course, that basically you'd have to exist before you exist to be self-generating. That is a flat-out contradiction. Now, Marxism has joined to evolution, giving it a, a metaphysic, a creation narrative. Okay, so that's the first thing to understand here is Marxism has a, a Darwinist self-generating uh, creation or, or nature in perpetuity, eternal nature, as its creation narrative. Okay, that is important. It replaces God. And so it doesn't have God being the source of reason, of truth and justice and life. Because God is those things. Those things aren't outside of God. Those are God's character. That is God's character. When you say truth, you talk about God's character. God is true. There's no lie in him. You talk about justice. God is a God of righteousness and justice. There is no unjustness or partiality in him. That is why these, these moral terms have meaning and weight. Okay. Now, if you're a Darwinist, if you're a Marxist slash Darwinist, you have to reconcile that right with your narrative. Well, that's where Marx came with... The, this, this myth masquerading as science where he came up with you know, you know, dialectical materialism is what he wanted to say was that creation or nature has the progress narrative built into it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm playing fast with this so we can move on and I can give you an overview, but that's kind of what that means. Dialectical materialism is basically Marx saying that nature itself has meaning and purpose within it somehow. Because obviously, when you when you look at nature, you realize a tree doesn't have any consciousness. So they posit this, they overlay it with this this you know this materialism philosophy to make sense of the fact that there's no ultimate mind or meaning in just flat out nature. So that's contradictory, is unbiblical, and 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 you want to be aware of it. Now, the second part of the Christian story is the fall. So you have creation. And you have the fall. Very quickly, if you read in Genesis, you're going to hit that by Genesis 3. You know, God, God created everything. It was good. Then it was a fall. Okay, fall came because Adam sinned. Adam and Eve sinned, and, and they, they rejected God's word, and they rejected his authority. And they asserted their own. I can make up my own mind on matters of good and evil, and I can think about reality without reference to God's word. That is the basic nature of the fall. Man wanted to be his own God. Okay? That's when the devil tempts him, and you'll be like God. That's the temptation. I want to be my own God. No one has ultimate moral authority over me, right? Jason is his own God. That's the problem. That that's, sets everything in life on a collision course with death, all right? So that's the fall. Marxism's version of the fall is basically suffering and oppression. Now, how do you get at that? Well, basically, you have private property. Okay, everybody, it starts with everything was created good, meaning everybody was in, like, had everything in common. They had everything in, you know, communism. They had everything in, 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 a, in a general sense of sharing and people just walking around basically and getting along with each other and everything was fine and hunky-dory. And then private property came in and then arose out of that inequality. Inequality is the basic thing that Marxism will continue to hammer away at. Even in the neo-Marxist movements are doing it from a slightly different angle, but it's still inequality. You can listen to Mao's speeches, Stalin's speeches, Lenin's speeches, and Trotsky, and you can take out the word capitalism, put in white supremacy, 
and you've got basically the same thought. It is that you are oppressed because other people have things and they have been keeping you from getting them. Okay? It comes down to basic property and political power. That's basically it. Okay? That's the fall. Now, there are, there are lots of Marxists and, and, and Marx sympathetic, for people who are sympathetic to Marxism, who will dispute that, but they'll say, well, it's basically inequality uh, as a general sense, right? They'll just say, it's this vague thing. It's, it's, it's kind of inequality. Well, it always comes down to property. Who has something? So that's basically Nancy Percy, the, the author, she has a book called Total Truth. I recommend that highly. She actually gets into this as well. Uh, so check that out, by the way. And then, so, so now we have, we have creation, we have the fall, and then what does God do about it? He, he sends Jesus Christ. We have redemption in Christ. And that's the basic principles of, of the Christian philosophy of, of creation, fall, redemption. Everything is then made right in Christ. Okay? Now, Marxism, Marxism doesn't do that. How does it make the world right again? How does it correct the problem of the proper property issue of the inequality? Because it sees inequality everywhere. I mean, you, you listen to a Marxist, you listen to somebody complain about groups. This group doesn't have that. This group doesn't have this. This group should have that, but doesn't have that. This group has been oppressed. You listen to Mao. In, think of China's Cultural Revolution. China's Cultural Revolution was saying that basically capitalism and private property and oppression, systemic oppression, had existed in China for 4,000 years, so a very old culture. We're hearing it today from Black Lives Matter that, 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 that minorities, blacks, have been oppressed for 400 years. It's, you know, it's just an interesting parallel between the two of them. It's the same thought. They're from the same philosophical false gospel narrative, okay, that, that God didn't create the world. The fall was not sin. It's inequality, basic, it's economic. You know, Marx basically reduces all of life to economics and then therefore politics. So what is his redemption? Well, revolution. You have to overthrow the oppressors, right? You have to recreate the original paradise of primitive communism. That's the goal of socialism. Okay? So that's the key. So we're going to destroy this argument, right? That's what we're doing. The, the, when you say revolution in this sense that they want to tear down, uh, radically transform the country, tear down all of these statues and so forth, it's coming from a place that is based in Marxist ideology, which is a false gospel, does not point to Christ, does not recognize sin. It recognizes sin in other people, granted, but it doesn't recognize its own sin. It says basically, in this case, neo-Marxist movement of Black Lives Matter is a, a race-based Marxism. And it, it smuggles in a bunch of other a bunch of other little concepts and hobgoblins of the mind. But I mean that's the basic overview. And of course, uh, you know, anytime you're gonna do something quick like this, you're not we're not gonna go too in depth with it. But I want you to be alerted to this so that you understand where the ideas are coming from. If you're sitting back and you're watching the news and you're 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 reading the news on the on the uh, on your computer and you're going, My goodness, what is happening out here? How is this going on? It's going on because these are the forces of darkness behind it. I, you, you, I'm sure you know decent people. Now, what I'm not saying is that people, that you, you could have a neighbor, you could have a friend, you could have a family, maybe you. I thought, yeah, this is terrible. This is terrible. That's right. Yeah, uh, you know, the black people are oppressed. Their slavery was terrible and so forth and so on. And, and, and the, those, the great thing the devil does is he points out real needs. He's a wonderful humanist. Remember, he comes to Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness and he says, hey, you, you know, you're hungry, aren't you hungry? You're hungry, right? And of course, Jesus is hungry. He, he approaches us with real needs. Now, it shouldn't surprise you as a Christian when someone points out 
sin. Basically, the Christian response should be, yeah, duh, sin. Yeah, sin's there. Yeah, that's, 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 that's actually fitting with the narrative of the Christian story. And so the answer to that will be repentance of sin and, and, and the finished work of Jesus Christ, not the blaming of, of all of our problems on another group of people, especially those people who lived two, three, four hundred years ago, and then say, so therefore, the answer to my last problems is simply a revolution. So what does a revolution look like when it's done? That's the question. Again, Mao had a, in China had a cultural revolution from 1966 to about 76, where they went out to the four olds, you know, the olds, the ideas and customs and, and so forth, the olds. If anything was old, they wanted to tear it down. They blamed, they blamed all of the old stuff for the oppression. And so there was this tearing down, they tore down a Confucian temple and they, they, they just executed. And the mob basically did it. The police stood down. And you had to walk around a little little red book, right? Mao's little red book to prove that you're a good little good little commie. And it was basically an, an annihilation of any other thought. That's what Marxism does. The annihilation of history is an attempt to recreate life in a utopian society. Utopian meaning perfect society without Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, that will fail and it will descend into bloodshed. To that, I give you the CHOP, Seattle's little autonomous zone. Now, I want you to consider this, and I'm not making fun of them in terms of, like, I think they're stupid and idiots and I, and I want to ridicule them. What I need, I really, I'm just telling you the case, and I need to point, point it out to you. Uh, God is not mocked. A bunch of these brilliant people went in there because of this bad theology they have of Marxism that they've been taught in this culture that the system itself is oppressive and they, and they haven't given any thought to it, right? They think their problem is not sin. They don't think their problem is, is, is that they have a sin problem and they need to go to Jesus Christ. They find that offensive. They find that oppressive. They think their problem is that there's systemic racism and, and so forth and systemic privilege in certain classes. They can't point out a particular law for that, incidentally, that they want to change or address through legislative process. They want revolution. Because again, the redemptive process in Marxism is revolution. It's not, let's tweak this here and there. Let's, let's uh, like Martin Luther King wanted an end to obvious discrimination in the Jim Crow laws. That was obvious. So you're going to end this. This was, this was unjust. That's, that's, that's fine. That's an appeal to Christian principles. What is not an appeal to Christian principles is a radical revolution for the objective of creating a utopian communism because man has a sin problem. So it's just neglecting the obvious right there. So I give you the chop again in Seattle. They took over these, uh, these, these neo-Marxists went out and they took over downtown Seattle and it descended into chaos, murder. Uh, they needed food and water. They were making requests. You couldn't come in. They put some barriers up, but then they needed Gatorade. They needed toilet paper. They needed all this stuff. And I want you to just consider something for a second. Consider the insanity of a group of people who believe that they are the most morally fit of the land. That they went in and took over something that was already there. They didn't lay any pipe. They didn't lay any electrical lines. They didn't build anything. They hadn't done a thing ever in their whole lives to produce something for other people. All of this civilization and structure was given to them. They went in and occupied it, and, they, and, and immediately they needed help from the outside world that they said was oppressive. 
Unbelievable. God is not mocked. Read Psalm 2. You know, why do the nations rage? They're trying to throw off the bonds of, of righteousness that God has put on them. Now, one more thing. The idea and the contention that, that the protesters want justice. You cannot have justice, and the Bible speaks of it a lot, without righteousness. The word justice and the word righteousness are parallel here. You have to consider the concept. They're, they're the same. An unjust, sinful people are never going to be just to one another. We need Jesus Christ for us. One, we need the word of the Lord to show us what sin is. If not, we'll be ill-informed. We'll point out some things that will, because we'll know the word of the Lord is written upon our hearts. But we, then we will not understand the, the proper origin of it, nor the proper way to deal with it. Which is why this neo-Marxist movement is revolutionary in terms of just tearing everything down. What will it rebuild with? Nothing. It will rebuild with tyranny. Absolute totalitarianism and tyranny. That's what it will. In, in the CHOP area, there was a warlord, a, a, I guess a rapper, who had some guns with him, and he was kind of sort of in charge of the whole thing. I mean, I'm not making this up. This is, I, I wish I could, but, right? That's what was going on in there. You'd think that's just a bad movie, but that's the issue. The, the ignorance is in them due to the hardness of her heart, Ephesians 4. That's what's happening. The ignorance is in us because we're, we refuse to see the word of the Lord. We refuse to repent of our sin. And therefore, we, we then fall for a false gospel, in this case, Marxism. So if you're wondering what's going on and why certain things are happening, that's the why of it right there. Why are they, why are they clamoring against inequality when literally this is the wealthiest nation in the history of the world? Material wealth. And... Millions of people are trying to get into the country. This country is not perfect, but to say that it's systemically unfair is preposterous on, by any reckoning because a systemically unfair nation is not going to have to debate making a wall to keep people out. It's going to have to keep, make a wall to keep people in. When Soviet Russia got going, do you think people were trying to get in or get out? North Korea, people trying to get in or they're trying to get out. Venezuela, Cuba, East Germany. You give me any totalitarian nation and they have trouble keeping people in because everybody's trying to get out. America, who they're the, the enemies of America, the Marxists are claiming is systemically unequal and systemically uh, oppressive to minorities, are trying to keep people out. The very people that they claim are oppressed. Imagine that. Imagine Jews trying to get into Nazi Germany. That's preposterous. That goes to show you how ridiculous this entire debate is. And it could be very, it's very easily answered if you just look at it that way. It's very common sense, okay? So, anything that comes up, we should always look and say, what does the scripture say, right? And that's what I mean in terms of starting this with, with 2 Corinthians 10. I, I'm not going to take any hostages here. I just want to, I want to obliterate the neo-Marxism and show it for what it is. It's, it's a demonic philosophy that will lead you into the arms of the enemy. It will not create the righteousness of Christ. It will at times point out real injustices and real imbalances in culture. But of course, that's because of sin. The answer to it is for us to repent of our sin and, and, and to live godly lives, right? Not to become Marxist. If, if, if anything else, anything else you should take from this is to see that Marxism is a horrible blight for, for, for people to be sitting here today, college students and college professors, 
decrying the, in, the, the inequities of slavery in the United States from 1619 to 1865, but not even wonder about how Marxism was responsible for slaughter, the wholesale slaughter of between 100 to 200 million people in the last 100 years alone. That's right, 100 to 200 million people Marxism slaughtered in the last 100 years since the Bolshevik Revolution got going, 1917. So if there were some Nazi professors in our, on our campuses, the hue and cry would rise the, to, the, to the heavens from here, and justifiably. But how many of these professors are Marxists, or at least Marxist sympathizers? If you want to purge the land, if you want a revival, all right, a revival, a revival is not going to happen because of your emotionalism. It will be, it'll happen because Christians are devoted to the Word of God, call out the evils in our midst, and call Marxism what it is. It is evil. It is an evil ideology. It is anti-Christian. It is anti-Christ. It is, if you believe it and you work for it, you do have the mark of the beast on your head, meaning the allegiances of your mind and your hands. You can be saved, the gospel must go out to you, but and especially within the church, they should not repeat not, period, end of story, make any allegiance with that ideology. So, in recap again, Marxism has a creation narrative that nature just created itself, there's no God. That is, that is obviously a, a unphilosophical, illogical, logically impossible origin story. And it's the most uncomfortable thing people to, for t people to talk about today is an origin. What is the origin of life, meaning, matter, and, and right? And second, it has a fall. It has a false narrative of the fall. In Christianity, fall happens because man sins, man rejects God's authority. And then in Marxism, inequality comes in because of well, basically private property. And then the answer in Marxism is revolution to go back to the original, again, false never happen communism where everybody is equal and they'll do that by force by the way and that's where you get the the, the bad body count of the last hundred years i mean literally when you can consider the numbers of people dead from marxism and we're still having a debate with this is is ridiculous but the christian answer is jesus christ on the cross christ was killed for our sins if we do not accept that we will kill each other for these sins that is, that is what's at hand. The answer to the problems in this culture is not Marxism. It is Christianity. It is to love our neighbor as ourself. And it is truly free markets. If people free to pursue their goals in the Lord and, and, and to not initiate force against one another. And that would be the answer. We don't need a revolution. We need a revival. Okay? So the revolution that we needed was at the cross. We do not need it in the halls of... of of uh, you know Moscow or Kremlin or repeat any of that or the French Revolution or, or and so on. All right, I'm all over the place now. I'll let you guys go with this, but hopefully this was educational. And the goal of it again was was to let you know that that the neo-Marxist movement is just a, a, a terrible evil. Uh, it's just a terrible evil. I'm not calling the people themselves terribly evil. I'm calling the ideas terribly evil. And then we will do very evil things when we, we when we are in the throes of these bad ideas. So. Hopefully this makes sense and uh, it's edifying and it's certainly my hope and prayer is always that it glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ and brings you closer to understanding the excellencies of him and his word. Have a good one and I'll catch you guys next time.